This morning, we're going to break away from tradition slightly. As you know, or if you did not know, you will know right now that next week is Mother's Day. So may that be a reminder to you. And our tradition is um, that we have one of the ladies from church minister on Mother's Day. And we're going to do that. One of the ladies from church is going to minister next Sunday on Mother's Day. But the message that God laid on my heart for this morning is a lead up to Mother's Day. And I'm calling this morning's message, How to Treat Your Mom. And it's a good message for us as a, as a reminder leading up to Mother's Day, which is next Sunday. So I realize, there's a, yeah, it's an encouragement to us. And I don't have a whole lot of experience being a mother. <laughs> Zero. But I have a lot of experience about being a child and a son. So this is from a child or, or a son or a daughter's perspective, a child's perspective. I also realize coming into this message that we're all at different stages of life. Some of us in this room are living at home with mom because we're pretty small or maybe not so small. Others of us are married and living away from mom. And others of us have progressed in life and mom's not around anymore. But we're going to make this message applicable to all of us. Because how we treat our mom is true while we're at home, while we're away from home, and while mom's not even here anymore on this earth. It changes. How we do it changes. How it looks changes. But the Bible's still clear about how we're supposed to treat our mom. And we're going to start right with that. We're going to look at some very practical things a little later on in the message. But to start, let's look at what the Bible says. The Bible's very clear about how we treat our mom. There's three specific passages I noted down. We're only going to read one of them. But if you're taking notes today, you can mark down Exodus 20, verse 12, which would be in the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 16, which is a, re a reiteration of that. And Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. And we're going to read the Ephesians 6 passage. So Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now it says father and mother, and I think sometimes we more easily focus on the father part of that passage. But it says honor your mother. It's in there. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. We're not leaving fathers out today, but again, the focus is on mom, specifically for today. Honor means to prize. That is to fix a valuation upon, to revere. So children, prize your mom. Children, put a valuation on her. Consider her of great value. Revere her. And you may be going, well, my mom is so imperfect. Well, we all are. Some of us we can view maybe as more flawed than others, but we're all imperfect. None of us had a perfect mom, right? That's not the point. The Bible doesn't say honor your perfect mother. It says honor your mom. So whether she's perfect or imperfect, whether she was or is a godly woman or very far from that, there are still ways that we honor mom. And really, that's good for us, as good as it is for mom, too, isn't it? 
It does something in our heart when we honor somebody else, when we show them respect, when we value them as a person, the sort of thing that it's talking about here, when we prize them, when we, re we revere a person, we show them dignity, even if we don't always agree with them. So this is commandment number five, this honor your father and your mother commandment in the 10 commandments. It's number five. It's the first commandment in the second part. So the first part of the commandments deals with how we treat God. The second part deals with how we treat people. Now, I wasn't there when Moses and God were on the mountain. None of us were. But I do know that there was two tablets with the Ten Commandments, because the Bible tells us that. And as I look through the Ten Commandments, I wonder if tablet one was the God tablet, tablet two was the people tablet. I don't know. This is just a Stephen surmising. But if that's the case, that puts the honor your father and mother at the top of that one, right? The very first one that's spoken in how we treat other people, the very first area that's dealt with is the mom and the dad part. And that's the most relevant for all of us at the beginning of our life because we're living there with mom, you know, and or dad or somebody who's filling that role in for us at least. And it, it places great importance on it. God places great importance on how we, how we retreat our mom. I think it's generally true that how we treat mom and dad is going to affect and reflect how we treat other people in our life as well. And in a relationship, and I can say this is true of Sarah, and it's often with the, the daughter to the dad and the, the girl to the mom because the guy marries the daughter and the girl marries the son. And so you, in a relationship, you look at the relationship, say, how does the one child treat their, their opposite parents? I think that's very important. It's important how they treat both, okay? Don't get me wrong on that. But how does the daughter respond to her father? Because that's probably how she's going to respond to a husband. How does the son respond to his mother? Because that's probably how he's going to respond to his wife. We all learn, we all grow. These are generalities, but we can learn lessons from that. How do I treat my mom? How do I treat my dad? And we can grow from there. I saw this quote once and I didn't write down who said it, so I would give credit if I could, but I can't. But it went like this, treat your mother with honor and one day your children will treat you the same. And I pray that is the case with our kids, that they would treat us with honor and respect as well. So what sort of importance does God place on honoring mom? Well, we saw the commandment in the Bible. There are some other verses in the Bible that show the importance as well, and they talk about the, the, the negative side of it. One of those is Leviticus 20, verse 9. In Leviticus 29, it says, For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Thank God we don't live by that. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood is upon him. Why is that law there? God is showing what great importance it is for children to show that honor to their parents. Another one in Deuteronomy 27, 16 says, Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother. And all the people shall say, Amen. Proverbs 20, 20 says, If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness in Proverbs 20, 20. And so we're told in Leviticus 19, verse 3, every one of you shall revere his mother and his father. 
Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father. And then in Proverbs, one last verse in this section, Proverbs 23, 22 says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Don't turn away from her. To despise means to disrespect. So just because mom grows old, don't start disrespecting mom. She's still mom. Show her respect. So how do we honor mom? This is the practical part of the message. Again, from a child's perspective. How do we honor mom? Some of these are going to be from the Bible. Some of these are just going to be some practical advice. The very first one is to follow God. This applies now if mom is alive, and this applies if mom has gone into eternity. The very first thing that we can do to honor our mom is to follow the Lord. This is what Proverbs 23, 24, and 25 says. Proverbs 23, 24, 23 verses 24 and 25. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise child will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. It rejoices a mom's heart when their child is doing what is right. That's not, that's a generality, but in most times it is true. Unless your mom is a very evil person and we pray that's not the case. It rejoices a mom's heart when the child follows God. And so for all of us, we honor our mom by following the Lord, by doing what is right. Whether mom's here, whether mom is gone, it is a legacy that we carry on. We carry on to our kids and they carry on to their kids. Maybe we don't have kids, but maybe it carries on to other kids, spiritual children, to other people that our life affects. It is an honor to mom. The next one from the Bible is Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8. <clears throat> Proverbs 1 verse 8, and it's to obey mom. And again, this looks different at different stages of life. But Proverbs 1 verse 8 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Literally, that means don't throw off the precepts and the statutes of your mother. The things that mom taught you that was the right thing to do, the right stuff to do in your life, don't throw that off at any point in life. If it was right, carry it on. Now, again, that's different at different stages. We've got kids at home. They have to obey mom or they get in trouble. <laughs> when we get a little older, it changes because the not the influence, but the position of mom in our life changes. You know, if we get married, we're in our own family structure. Mom doesn't have that same position, say, but she's still mom, and she can still speak what is right into our life. Proverbs 6, verse 20 says, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Don't forsake what your mom taught you. Proverbs 6, verse 20. So to disregard a mom's instruction on what to do or what not to do is to show her dishonor when we disregard the right things that she has told us to do. As we said, our mom's always right. Sarah? Yes, they are. We'll have a talk afterwards. <laughs> our mom's always right 100% of the time. No. But the key here is that we honor her. And mom usually has our best interest in mind. Usually. 
we're human, so it's not perfect. But mom cares for us. And I don't think probably any of us in this room have a, has a mom who lives selfishly and uses us for their own purposes. It does happen in life, but that is not the normal. Most moms care for their kids and don't hate them. Okay, so obey mom. The next one is to listen to mom. Listen to her. That's not like listen, like do what she says. This is listening like hearing her heart, hearing what she wants to tell you. James 1 verse 19 says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. That's a good rule for life in general. Be quick to listen. Maybe not just to mom, maybe to other people in your life too, but slow to speak. I remember when I was, I was a young man, I'm pretty sure it was when I had graduated from Bible school. I was coming to the end of my time in school. I was close to 20 years old and I'd made the decision that I was going to move here to New York and not go back to New Hampshire, uh, back to my parents' house. And I remember my dad wrote me a letter at that point. And I don't remember all that was in the letter. My dad is very well written. It was very meaningful. Um, but there was one thing that specific, specifically stood out to me and that I still remember to this day. And he said something like this, your mom may not always talk about the things you are interested in but she cares for you. Listen to her and hear her heart. And that was a dad's encouragement to a 20-year-old son who was sprouting wings, moving away from home, becoming his own man. And he said, never stop listening to mom's heart. You may not always be interested in her conversation, but listen to her heart because she loves you. She cares about you. So pay attention to her. Have you ever talked to somebody who wasn't really there. You ever had a conversation with somebody and their, their mind is somewhere else? They're not really there. They're not really with you. They're not really paying attention to you. We have somebody in our home who often easily gets into their own world and we can tell when they're not there <laughs> and we're having a conversation and they're humming to themselves or you know, they're off in their own little place. But what does your body language say when your mom is talking to you. This is a very practical, your mom's still, still here on earth, you're talking to her, maybe you're on the phone with her. What, what is mom getting from you in your part when she's talking to you? Does she get that you're distracted, that you're uninterested, that you're too busy, that you can't stop using whatever sort of device you might currently have in your hands, you've got other things that are pulling your attention, or are you listening to mom? It's a way to show honor and respect to somebody, mom and anybody else in your life, by paying attention to them and listening to them. Mom has important instruction to give, and that isn't always correction. Mom sometimes gives wisdom in different parts of life, things that she's been through, things she's learned, things that she wants to impart into your life. And we can learn lots from our mom even if talking to her is just information and not instruction, things that she's going through, how her life has been, how her garden is, you know, any sort of those things. Mom loves it when we listen to her. Your mom is a person just like you and just like me. So listen to mom. The next one is to give her time. Give mom time. Time is something that we have a limited quantity of right? I probably said this before from the pulpit. You only have so much time. You cannot determine your total investment of time because none of us know how long we have. 
until we're not here anymore. So you don't know the total amount and you have to spend that time no matter what. It is always disappearing no matter what. It goes away and you don't get it back. So this makes time one of the most, if not the most valuable thing or substance that we have here on earth because we don't know how much of it we have and we're always spending it. Time is valuable to mom. One of the five love languages, probably many of you have read the book on the five love languages, one of them is quality time. Quality time. And while that may not be mom's number one thing that she loves, it is a thing that she loves. Mom loves time with you. This is again if your mom is still here. Mom loves to spend time with you and quality time. I remember growing up, um, one of the things I probably shared before, but my mom has boys, only boys. It's pretty common in the Brogan homes to have boys. And so my mom only had boys, and so mom would do sometimes boy stuff with her boys, and sometimes what we would call girl stuff. We kind of associate it like that, but the cleaning and the cooking and those sorts of things, I don't I don't necessarily draw hard lines on those, on what is one versus one is what, what is the other. But mom trained us boys in the kitchen. And some of my best memories with my mom are being in the kitchen with her showing me how to cook. I didn't enjoy the cleanup part, but I loved it when mom showed me how to cook. And to my mom, that was quality time. We were in a tiny kitchen. They're still in the same home that they were in since I was like two years old. Every time we go back to visit, it's in the same kitchen and I have the same memories. The kitchen looks a lot smaller now than it did when I was a little guy. But there we were in the kitchen, me and mom doing stuff together. And that meant a lot to my mom. It meant a lot to me too. We were talking with some parents the other night about how our kids need our quality time. That's a thing from a parent perspective too, that we invest quality time into our kids. But it is true the other way around. Kids, your mom needs your quality time too. Whether you're a young child or a grown-up, if mom's still around, she wants that quality time. And again, it's quality. It may not be quantity. Right now, we try to connect with my mom once every couple weeks. She lives where we can't see her very often, but we try to get on the phone or on a video chat once every couple weeks. That's what we've kind of has just happened as an arrangement that works in our family. It's not a lot, but when we're with mom, it's quality. We aim to have that quality conversation. We've got their grandkids coming in and out of the conversation and it's disrupted, but you know, it means something to my mom because she's connecting with her son, with her daughter-in-law, with her grandkids. And we need to make that meaningful effort. It's easy as the child to disconnect, I think maybe more as a son too, to be like, well, I'm my own thing. I'm doing my own thing. Mom can get a hold of me if she needs to. But mom wants that quality time with us, and sometimes it takes effort. So give her time. Help her. Help mom. Like I said, some of our favorite memories, some of mine revolve around being in the kitchen as well as sitting on the living room furniture at Christmas time with the tree up and sewing popcorn and cranberries onto threads. <laughs> That's how I learned how to sew, was sewing popcorn and cranberries. Because you have to be careful with popcorn not to stab the needle into your thumb. 
because it's pretty tough sometimes if you hit the kernel. But I remember sitting around with my mom every two or three years because we'd keep the popcorn um, over a couple of years. But when it went bad, we'd throw that away and we would sit there and we as boys and mom would sew popcorn and cranberries. And I love that. That was something my mom wanted on the Christmas tree. And that was something that we helped her with. We helped mom in that way. And it was a good memory for all of us. See, mom can pretty much survive without you. Mom's pretty much superwoman most of the time. She gets a lot done, and she does a lot, and she gives a lot. But that doesn't mean she doesn't want your help. Right, moms? <laughs> if you have kids around, mom, do you want help? Oh, wow, maybe not. I've got a couple going, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mom wants help from you. And that's probably more so mom can spend time with you. It goes back to that time. But mom would like help. So if you are living with your mom right now, for you young guys and girls in this room, if you're still living with mom, I dare you, when you go home, offer to help your mom with something that you never voluntarily offer to help her with. I challenge you to do that, no matter how old you are. If you're still accessible to mom close by, do it. Even if you don't feel like doing it. Or ask her, mom, what do you need help with? If that's not your normal, I can also guarantee you mom will probably need a chair to sit down in afterwards. When we were younger in the Rogan home, we would get home from church and our Sunday meal was our big meal of the week. Our lunch was always our big meal and Sunday lunch was the biggest. Always there was a lot of work to get ready for Sunday lunch. And we got to a point where we grew up a bit. We were active kids and I've shared with my boys before to veer them away from the mindset I had when I was a kid. But I, I as a, a young man, early teens, I couldn't wait for Sunday lunch to be over because I had friends I wanted to go see and stuff I wanted to go do. And Sunday was when I had the time to do it. And that was wrong. And I've learned from that. And I'm veering my children away from things that would cause them to go into that mindset. But when we would get home from church on Sunday, there was a lot of prep to do to get the table set, get the meal ready, to get the big meal all together. And we were expected to go up to our rooms, get changed, come down to the kitchen and help to get ready. And we found ways to extend our getting ready up in our rooms after we were home so that we didn't have to come down and help mom. We were pretty creative about it to the tune of half an hour or 45 minutes. It was really bad. And I have learned from that. Brought that time down a little bit. You know, it's important to help mom. Like I said, mom can do it. My mom could do all of it. She could set the table. She could cook. She could get everything ready. But it helped her a lot when we helped her. And she wanted us around. So you kids who are still at home, how can you help mom today? Again, this is an encouragement leading up to Mother's Day for next Sunday. How can you help mom this week? What can you do at home? Maybe outside of what you normally, uh, ordinarily do. Another thing we can do is to thank mom. Thank her. I think this is something we can do whether mom's here and we can do it in person. 
or whether maybe we do that to somebody else, say it to somebody else, something we're thankful for about our mom when she's not here anymore, if she's gone on to be in eternity. Proverbs 30 verse 11 says, there are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. There are those who live that way. They live a very negative life about their parents. They don't speak anything good about their mom or their dad. They're very disrespectful, very dishonoring. Nothing out of their mouth says that they respected or honored their parents. Proverbs 30, 11 says that. But we're told in Colossians 3, verse 15, always be thankful. Colossians 3, 15, always be thankful. That applies to our attitude toward our mom. Be thankful. Again, she's not perfect. But what can we say thank you for to mom? That will, again, look different at different stages of life. When was the last time you said thank you to, to someone in general, but to your mom? When was the last time you said thank you? And we're working with our kids on this to make sure they say thank you to mom after a meal, maybe even if they didn't like the food. Guys, what do you say to mom? She spent time getting that ready for our family. What do you say? So we're working on that. It's a learning process, but we need to be thankful people. Another one is to communicate with mom. So we've talked about listening to mom. Now here's the communication side of it. Our part in doing the talking, which comes easier to some of us than to others. I found since being married, and it's been a few years now, that I've been in a learning and growing process in this area because I'm one of the ones that communication does not come to naturally. And I've had to learn. And my mom probably started that learning process a bit and it's grown in marriage and then in marriage courses and so on. That, you know, I've, I've learned Sarah and my mom and, and other ladies, they build relationship by communication and not just information, but they want to know how we felt. They want to know what was going on in our mind, what was going on in our heart when we were going through whatever event happened in our day. And mom is the same way. And you daughters, it's a lot easier for you. You sons, it's a learning process to share not just like all that happened, that's step one, but then to share what was going on in your mind, how you felt about it, those sorts of things. It doesn't always come easy for us. So mom wants to hear about your life. Mom wants to hear what happened at school. Mom wants to hear what happened at work. Mom wants to hear what happened at the store. Mom wants to hear what happened while you're driving. Mom wants to hear what you talked to somebody about. Mom wants to hear it. Almost every mom, I would say, is that way. Maybe not all, but almost all. And so we have to learn that. I remember when I was a young guy, my Oma, my dad's mom, would call us every Sunday. Oma and Opa would call us. And my parents would put us on the phone to talk to Oma and Opa sometimes, especially on our birthdays or other special events. We would talk to Oma and Opa on the phone. And we were famous, probably me especially, for when they were talking, especially Oma was talking or asking questions, I would say, uh-huh, yeah, no. And sometimes I would even do this. <laughs> and my mom would be like, she can't see you. <laughs> Oma was trying to communicate with me, and I wasn't good at communicating back with her. It's a learning, something that we go through and learn. But it just shows us the example that mom, maybe even grandma, wants to know. 
wants to, wants to, to understand what's going on in your life. I also have one bullet point on this to confide in your mom. And again, this changes at points of life. It's going to look different for different people. But especially when we're younger, our parents should always be privy or aware of more information about our life than anybody else in our life is aware of. That keeps us safe. And if mom you know, and dad, well, they're both important here, don't know as much about us as our friends do, if we're more willing to share with our friends than we are with our mom and dad, we are much more in a dangerous position. Now, I have to balance that by saying, you know, some parents, how do I say this? It can be difficult to share, especially based on past experience. You know, if they've come down if you've shared something with them and they've totally taken your heart that you shared and have shattered it or were very unkind, you know, it can be hard. It can be barriers. There can be walls. And, you know, you have to work through that carefully. This isn't in my notes. This is just coming to me as, as I'm sharing. But still, God's heart is that we share with mom and dad, that mom and dad know more about us than anybody else when we're younger. It changes as we grow older. But we... We need to not confide in other people as much as in mom and dad. Hopefully I said that well enough. You know, it's, it's a tough thing depending on your mom and dad. Some are so easy to share with. Some care so much. And other ones, you're like, I think I'm going to get in huge trouble if I share that. You know, and that's a tough thing. Take that to the Lord. But you've still got to talk to mom and dad. They still have to understand and to know. Okay, let's move on. Show and tell. This will be coming to a conclusion here in a little bit, but show and tell. Show her how you love her by doing the things above that we talked about already. And here's another practical one. If your mom's around and accessible, take her on a date. Take mom out. Maybe you're a grown-up and your mom's a grown-up. Say, mom, I'd like to go out for coffee. I'd like to go out for ice cream. I'd like to go do something with you. What do you want to go do, mom? And that will mean a lot to mom. And I want to train my boys to take Sarah on dates when they get a little bit older, to spend time with mom. Another show, show her you love her by giving her a hug. I've not met a mom who doesn't like to get a hug from their kids. There may be one, but I'd say most moms, if their kid goes up and puts their arm around their mom, will love it. All right, so show and tell. Tell her you love her by saying, I love you, mom. I look back at this one, you know, as a child growing up, I didn't ever that I recollect tell my mom that I loved her until I was married. It wasn't until I had somebody else in my life that I was saying I love you to, because that somehow seemed natural, that I went, oh, maybe I should be telling my mom and my dad that I love them too. It's a different sort of love, obviously, than a spouse. But it means a lot to mom when we say, mom, I love you. Might be awkward if you've never done it, but it means a lot to mom. Something else I learned, <clears throat> this is for the younger ones who are living at home still. We had a tradition in the Brogan family that whenever, wherever we were, um, whenever we were going to go to bed, we went and found our parents and we said, good night, mom, good night, dad, I'm going to bed. 
And you know, anytime we go to my parents' home now, I'm grown up, I have my own family, I've got, they've got grandkids, my kids. I still go and find my mom and dad wherever they are in their house and I say, good night, I'm going to bed. And that means something to them. It means something to me too because it was a tradition growing up in our home. But it's meaningful. And let the first words out of your mouth when you see mom, I was thinking about this, the first words out of your mouth when you see mom, ask her how she's doing. Ask her what's going on with her. This is a learning process too. Say, how was your whatever? Or how did you sleep? Because it's so easy for us to be, especially when you're, we're younger at home, to be like, mom, could you get me? Mom, what are we having for breakfast? Mom, what are we doing today? That's the me focus, right? And as we grow a little bit, we should grow into, mom, how are you doing? Mom, what can I do for you? Mom, did you get some rest last night? Mom, are you doing okay? Those sorts of things mean a lot to mom instead of the mom, can you do this for me? Because mom will almost always say, yeah, I'll do it. But it means a lot to mom when we ask her how she's doing. So that's show and tell. The final point I have for this morning is show and tell her to others. And this is from Proverbs 31. Show and tell your mom to others, which is to praise her to herself and to other people too. And this applies if your mom's not here anymore as well. The Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 1, Proverbs 31.1 says the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. So the whole of Proverbs 31 is wisdom from a mom to a son. But down towards the end of Proverbs chapter 31, it says in verse 28, Proverbs 31.28, it says her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Her children rise up and call her blessed. They praise mom. And again, mom's not perfect, but mom does things that can be praised. And we say, thank you, mom, so much for what you have done. Or we can praise our mom to somebody else to say what an awesome mom we had or what thing we learned from our mom or how much we miss our mom, whatever it might be, we can praise her to somebody else. We've made it a rule of thumb in our family. We don't do this perfectly as most people don't seem to do anything perfectly, but we do our best not to talk negatively about each other to anybody. That is an unwritten rule in the broken home. We don't go around slandering each other it doesn't help us at all if we do that. And so we've tried hard to follow it. We all have negatives about ourselves. We all have negatives about other people that we could say. We all have negatives about our mom that we could say. But do we spend our time saying those things or do we praise her? So I encourage you to let your words be praiseworthy. Focus instead of her you know, focus on her many positive aspects instead of on the negatives. And if you have a hard time praising mom, find one thing. Maybe your mom wasn't the perfect Proverbs 31 mom. That's quite a high level of mom. <laughs> but she is still praiseworthy in some way. So show and tell her to others. So in conclusion, no matter how old you are, how old I am, it's never too late to start honoring mom. 
It's never too late. Even if she lives in eternity, you can bless her to other people. You can praise her to others. You can thank God for a good influence that your mom had in your life. And I challenge you specifically this week to do something leading up to Mother's Day to honor your mom. And I listed out a few practical things. Take her on a date this week. Tell her you love her this week. Make a video saying how awesome she is. Make it 30 seconds or less. It may end up on the screen next Sunday. Give your mom a hug. If, you, if she's physically close by this week, help mom with something. Call her, or if you live at home, say, Mom, what can I do for you? Go pick some flowers for her. It's the springtime. You don't even have to spend money on flowers. You can go start picking some and give them to Mom. Don't pick the ones from her flower bed, though, unless she told you you could. And specifically for those that Mom may not be around anymore, tell somebody something you appreciated about your mom this week. Do it. So this is a lead up to Mother's Day. The Bible tells us, honor your father and your mother. So what, are some thing, what is something you can do to honor your mom this week? And do it. It is important in our life in the eyes of God as well. Your mom loves you. Your mom cares about you, cared about you, has your best interest in mind, and you will always be her child. Whether she's here or not, you are always you know, your mom gave you life. So this week, leading up to Mother's Day and every day, choose to honor mom. Amen? All right, I'll invite the musicians to come. Uh -huh.